Good morning, everybody. This is Iron Radio. I'm Phil Stevens. I run Strength Kill. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and strength coach, whatever. So I'm here getting ready to go to a Slipknot concert tonight. So Nice. I'm yes. jealous. Yes, it'll be my daughter's first show ever. Oh, that's a good so, one. Back. Yeah, that should be a good time. Nice. I saw them once when they first started from backstage because I had just finished working for the radio station. And I literally thought they were going to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> they would run like full speed at each other. They were setting stuff on fire. And yeah, yeah. that was pretty fun to see. Uh, Dr. Mike T. Nelson, uh, associate professor of the Kerrigan Institute, creator of the Flex Diet Cert and the Fizz Flex Cert. This flexor goes on, opens again for enrollment April 4th through the 11th. That's coming right up. A couple weeks. Yep. This is Coach Durrell with Strength Guild and KC. Uh, you see, weightlifting, powerlifting. Uh, gonna get another, well, a former CrossFitter coming back in. So I can go back to saying I. Coach a little bit of CrossFit now. There you go. There you go. Oh. What was your time on 22.3? I don't know. That's not, that one's not even in my, my, the deadlift one, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll do that. But then I was like, nobody was like, the, the owner of the building here, and one of his clients, he was like, they were going to do it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it with them. But then they were like, no, I mean, really, like, deadlifts? Come on. Like, so <laughs> they're not, he's not super yeah. interested in barbell work, so. Gotcha. Or uh, barbell uh, stuff. I think he was kind of scared of the deadlift, so. What did the latest one involve? I have no clue. Uh, it was oh, okay. Thrusters. So it's basically thrusters, pull-ups. There's something else, double unders. Thrusters, pull-ups, dun- double unders. And the next round, essentially, do thrusters, bar muscle-ups, double unders. And then there's, like, it, it amps up. Oh, no, it goes regular pull-ups, chest-to-bar pull-up, bar muscle-up. Oh. So each mm. each round, it gets more harder. Difficult. There you yeah. go. Wear yourself out and then try and do the harder shit. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So... <laughs> <sighs> Just well, so everybody the knows. way it's designed is, is like if you suck, you're not getting to those. Like if yeah, you are, yeah, you're, just not even, you're oh, not no. even getting. You know, and I shouldn't say if you suck. Like if you, for for those of you who are listening, the four CrossFitters who are listening to this, if you <laughs> don't get to the more muscle ups. I'm not saying that you suck at life. Just yeah. you're not in the game of like the the CrossFit comp people or whatever. Like the people who are, you know, kind of the higher up stuff. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, world. Uh, I was on Maxonomics podcast this week, so it'll be out Monday if anybody wants to jump over there and listen. So how'd it go? Uh, it was good. There's like if you're looking for training knowledge, <laughs> this is not the show you want to listen to. <laughs> there were no golden gems of training knowledge passed out. If you want to hear three people just shoot the shit about the strength and conditioning industry and the Arnold and things like that and have a good time, perfect fucking show. So, <laughs> there you go. We had a good time. Uh, 
Yeah, it was fun. It was good being on the, the show with him. And who knows? They, they're trying to talk me into doing a meet up in South Dakota at some point. And I was like, oh, fine. Find me one and I'll do it. So we'll see. He said there's one up in Rapid City a couple times a year. So which would be great. Oh, okay. They just was. They just spent the week up there. They were up there while I was on the podcast with them. But uh, we got family up there. So I was like, yeah, I'll come up. You know, it'd be fun. I like traveling for meets. I just kind of quit doing meets here. It's my excuse to get away. So last year it was in yeah. Ohio. Normally I go to California, I've been to Texas for it, so it's fun. But uh Yeah. If you do it, let us know. We've got family in South Dakota potentially, so we'll try and do it in the winter when it's nice there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the drive's so much easier then. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm gonna go ahead and do they have a competition going on now too, and I I just threw my hat into it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try a Max Jefferson deadlift this weekend. So Oh, interesting. I've never done more than like one of D five on it, just messing around. So uh Oh really? Yeah, no. No, not at all. So no, I don't know. We'll we'll have fun with that today, just to see. I don't expect anything huge, seeing as I've never practiced the event at all. But uh somebody pulled yeah, nine hundred. So I did a nine hundred Jefferson Devlin? Yeah. In their, in their little competition, you have to send a video in. So I was like, ah, we'll try. So me and my training partner are going to do it. We're going to squat heavy first, but uh, we'll have some fun with yeah. that. The big key I find with that is just finding the right position, you know, because even what direction you face, you'll usually have a preference facing left or facing yeah. right, you know, depending on what uh, leg you step over with. And then and from there, it's just that finding a good position in the bottom position is usually the key, and then it's not too bad. Yeah, and then it's just awkward like, if you haven't done it. I did like two reps on Wednesday, and it's finding I'll need to find that spot where when I stand up and the bar doesn't turn because I yeah, start standing up and the bar starts rotating. Out. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I need to, I have no clue where that spot is at, but I'll have to find that in my warm ups. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. That should be a good time. And for listeners, that's a used to be called a straddle deadlift, where you're actually stepping over the bar and doing a deadlift, and it. It looks crazy, but the amount of people I've had who have had back pain doing a normal deadlift, it, amazingly enough, a lot of them can start with light Jefferson deadlifts and they're perfectly fine. Oh, Again, that's not orthopedic say. advice, but yeah. it it still shocks the crap out of me because if you look at it, you're like, there's no way in hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it feels orthopedically safe. You know, yeah, it doesn't feel as bad as it looks. No, uh, it just feels kind of weird that not having done it. I mean, the, the things that are engaging are different than another deadlift. But yes. uh, also, yeah. for a lot of people listening, this is not to be confused with Jefferson Curl. Correct. <laughs> 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 so, no one's doing a 900 pound Jefferson Curl. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, you know? no. But yeah, actually, the dude from uh, <laughs> I think it's Julian Pinnell. From Strongfit, he's okay. a big fan of the Jefferson deadlifts. He uses those all the time okay. to address hip imbalances and stuff like that. Yeah, there you go. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I've I never, I've never used people, it full time. So. Yeah, I find most never. people do better kind of working the one direction too. You know, there's usually kind of some weird asymmetry they're trying to shore up a little bit. So you're doing an asymmetric lift kind of in the other direction. Yeah. Then, yeah. So, what else we got going on? The big thing this weekend is probably the uh, 
the heaviest boxing match in history. Uh, the heaviest clash is what they're calling it. Uh, Eddie Hall versus Hafthor happens tonight. So, uh, I think it's 9 p.m. I think it's happening in Dubai. I do believe it airs at 9 p.m. tonight. We'll be shown at... You said that was free, right? Yeah. It starts at 8.30 p.m. UK time, so that's probably, what, 3 or something on East Coast? Maybe earlier than yeah, that? it's usually about a oh, this afternoon. So 2.30, yeah. 2.30 this afternoon is when it starts. The main event starts soon after. Oh. So it starts at 8.30, and the main event starts at 9. So apparently not a lot of cards in front of them, uh, which is kind of weird, but... Uh, and is that time Eastern time then, Phil? So 9 p.m. Eastern? No, it says 9 p.m. 8, 9 p.m. UK time. Okay, so that'd be afternoon, so, obviously. Yeah, it's this afternoon. So Okay. Um, Where do we got here? They both weighed in. Everything's close. They're close in age. Hathor's five inches taller. He is about one stone lighter, a little over one stone lighter than Eddie. <laughs> This is the one that got me their reach. So even though there's five inches in height difference, their reach is supposedly the same. Um, that's some long-ass arms on Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for somebody that's five inches five inches shorter, but uh, he's shorter and heavier by a stone and a half. Which, what's a stone? I don't even remember. Thirteen pounds? 16, 13? Yeah, something like that. So, not not a lot in the weight realm that these guys exist in. So, I mean, it's a poop. But <laughs> 14 pounds is one stone. Okay, there you go. They both have one World Strongest Man title. Their deadlifts are within one kilogram of each other. So, Eddie pulled 500 kg, and Hathor, of course, beat him with 501. But... Yeah, should be. And the rules are six two-minute rounds. The fighters will be wearing 12-ounce gloves as opposed to the usual 10-ounce gloves for heavyweights. There will be judges at ringside, and knockouts are permitted. Hmm. So I think that's what everybody's hoping for. I mean, this is kind of like a NASCAR event. They're looking for the wreck. And it's there's <laughs> there's big potential. I mean, like we talked about before we started. Oh, yeah. on the, in the If one of these dudes, either one of them, connects a big clean hit it could just be all over uh that's a lot of that's a lot of man coming at you so yeah i don't know what do you guys think the betting line is uh leaning towards half door from what it says here i think it's 40 to one odds uh, 40 to one yeah betting special get eddie hall at 40 to one so or, or half Thor at fifty to one. So, but yeah, it's free on Seggy TV. But we should play down some money, man. Like four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can afford four bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could get a pot going. You know? But I don't know, man. I think it's anybody's game. I think it's hard uh, to tell because all you see is these little YouTube clips and. You know, Hathor's had a few more fights that we know of is the thing. This is just like my daughter's fight the other weekend. She fought a girl that had never had a fight, in quotes, 
but apparently she had had a shit ton of sparring. You know, oh. just no actual fights. You know, <laughs> basically they held her out, and you see this a lot with amateurs. Uh, they'll hold them out for a long time and get them really good and just have no official fights where even though they've fought, you know, a hundred and thousand times in their gym and then they enter them in to give them a good record, you know, they wait till they're really good. And so some other coaches get people in fights early, just get them used to that. But, uh, so who knows how much like Eddie or Hafthor has been actually sparring and training and things like that, which can lead, I mean, it's basically a boxing match that's not sanctioned and, yeah, we don't know any of that. So I know Eddie had the a history with it more than half Thor did. So does that play a role? Don't know. Yeah. I was initially, before I saw these measurements, worried about just Eddie being able to touch him due to the right. reach. But now that's apparently out the window. Uh, I would have never thought their reach would be the same. So, But, I mean, he also, to hit him in the head, he also has to punch five inches taller than he is. So, I mean, right. you, get a, you get a little reach advantage there, but. Um, I, honestly, I think, so, Thor is pretty lean now. Like, yeah. he's lean, he's heavy, but he's pretty lean. Like, his, the weigh-ins, he was, I mean, he's pretty ripped. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But I think, I think uh, Eddie Hall being a little thicker, and I think those body shots would probably not feel so good without him yeah. in the middle. Like, <laughs> yeah. He looks pretty, but. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Hall can get in there on those body shots, and with the reach, like now, it seems like those body shots are way closer. Yeah, exactly. No, and you see that. I mean, most heavyweights aren't ripped, you know, no. in boxing. I mean, Mike Tyson is the last one that was, and he wasn't ripped by, you know, athletic well, standards. But Wilder, Wilder's ripped, but he got. I mean, he's been pretty much dominated by Fury, who's yeah, basically a pretty much a former way overweight guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <And, laughs> Fury, Fury is not like the picture of what people think of as like athlete. You know? No, no, yeah. But he's definitely. I mean, obviously, Fury is more of a boxer, so it's different versus Wilder with the power punching. But yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, no, Haftor is looking pretty ripped. For a dude that's still, however the hell heavy, 25 stones, and I, I got to do math. He's 355. He's 355 with a fucking ripped-ass six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> so, so crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, jeez. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Of course, it's happening in Dubai, but uh, oh, here it is, right here. Here's the time change: five thirty or four thirty Eastern time. Oh, okay. That starts at five. So, yeah, this one actually has the uh, freedom units of time measure. Uh, yeah. So, six rounds. It'll be. I don't think it'll go six. Uh, I don't see it. Three. My prediction is if it's by knockout, I'm going to go with Thor. But if it goes the full distance, I'm going to go with Eddie. Yeah, That's probably go. not even a legal bet. but <laughs> Yeah, <prediction>. probably not. <laughs> my guess is if it goes that far, if it goes past round three, it's going to be a, the last three rounds are going to be a snore fest because both these dudes are going to be wore the fuck out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think it'll be exciting. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if, it, if it goes the distance, it'll be boring. If there's a knockout, it'll be fun. But, uh, yeah. Their so. guys' prediction. 
I don't know, man. Uh, I think Eddie does. Take- I think I'm going to take Eddie. Now that I know the reach. Yeah, I, was, I honestly was thinking Eddie after uh, the last time we talked about it. I was like, I mean, on the surface, I was thinking Thor. Just I, part of that's just because I've seen him more. Yeah. But when I actually thought about the fight, I was like, I don't know. I think being shorter, I mean, it's kind of hard to fight on the outside. It like is. It, that's harder. It's harder to learn to fight on that. So if you're like a beginner and you don't really know how to keep some move around, there. like it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna require so much. I mean, fighting on the outside requires a lot of movement, like just like actual footwork and moving yeah. around, staying on the outside. So if and like. I I can't imagine Thor bouncing around happily for more than a couple of rounds. So. Yeah, Thor is no Floyd Mayweather. So <laughs> yeah. uh, this one actually has the, there's another little uh, fight comparison, and this one has their calories per day. <laughs> Apparently, Eddie eats ten thousand calories a day, and Half Thor eats seventeen thousand calories a day. What? That's what it says. It's cutting, that's cutting calories. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but seventeen thousand calories to lose weight. Yeah. See, I've been in that ten thousand calorie range, but that was trying to gain as much weight as possible, and it was horrible. So, if that's what he's like eating to exist, oh my god. There's no uh, way. Yeah, that can't be. It can't be unless they're just training their like. But even then, how would you even have if your training's that high? How much? Time do you have to eat that much then? Yeah, and train hard. Like I couldn't imagine. Right. Like, I was training for powerlifting, so I'd go in and train for like an hour and a half, two hours, right, once a day, and then I just feel miserable the rest of the day full. So I don't know how you'd have that many calories in and bounce around a ring and not fucking just spew it all over the place. But because I have a problem right now, like I won't eat this morning. I'll have like a donut to go squat because I can't go heavy squat with a bunch of food on me. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, the only other thing I know that's in the news is uh, the uh, Drell knows her name, but the basketball player that got caught in Russia that everybody's Um, up in arms about. Brittany Griner. Yeah. So apparently. Actually, Baylor Baylor girl who she's more popular in in that circle because she can dunk pretty regularly. So Yeah. And apparently she got caught. Coming back from Russia, so here's so she's WNBA player, and of course, the WNBA is not as popular as the NBA, so they don't make as much money. So they play; she plays overseas too during the off season because apparently, they women's paid a lot more. I think, yeah, women's basketball is a lot more popular. Yeah, so she plays in a league in in Russia, and uh, right before all this Ukraine stuff kicked down, she was flying back and got supposedly caught or planted with a vape pen of CBD or something, some kind of hemp product, and they locked her ass up as a political prisoner. Um, And, of course, you're seeing all the news. What I'm seeing is a bunch of people, well, they locked her up because she's a black lesbian. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's not the only reason why. But uh, I think she just happens to be a black lesbian. Uh, I think it's more a case like Drell was saying, it's a, High-profile person, they could nab and hopefully, you know, use a bargaining chip. 
Yeah. She just happened, it just happened to be her. Um, I'm not sure they care about her sexual orientation or skin color and more about, you know, if, if it was frickin' Eddie, it would have been Eddie. You know, it's just that they're needing somebody, uh, that's fairly high profile. And so far it seems to be not working out too well for him. Uh, as far as, you know, USA is like, who's that? Not sure who she is. Why are you using her for a bargaining chip? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, honestly, that'd be a rough bad, way. That's the rough way to go, but yeah, that's how it is. Well, like you said, it's not like it's LeBron, you know, uh, or somebody that's high, high profile. Uh, but. It's also, I mean, everyone's getting arrested in Russia right now. I mean, the last number I heard was like twenty thousand for like either protesting or yeah, you know, and they're. They changed some law there so that, where it's like if you spread and they're what they deem as false information, they lock yeah. you up for like some sort of like 10 year sentence or something crazy. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like, like almost like a pure, you know, kind of fascist state almost at this point. Yeah, you're spreading propaganda against the machine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Total so, shit show and she's wrapped up in it. Uh, no. This is bad timing for her. She might have yeah. she might have been okay if it wasn't if the climate wasn't where it was. And that was so the arrest was like kind of right before all this yeah. went down, like all the Russia Ukraine stuff went down. I mean, like days before. Yeah. So, I mean, even if it's kind of an innocuous, like no big deal kind of thing, but but so like once the all the war stuff started popping off, it's like now you're in a swell of like. Everyone's everyone in that legal system is super busy right now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's you know going to be huge problems trying to get her out. Yeah, at this point now, if the Russia Ukraine stuff slows down, I mean, like where they start going into like peace talks and stuff, I think you'll see her get out then. But if the yeah. Russian if this stuff kind of drags on, then it's yeah, like she might, she be, might be there for yeah, she might be on like a little. Space Jam contract and have to, <laughs> have to play for Russia. Play, play trapped for Russia up in the for, yeah, <laughs> trapped in the gulag in Siberia, playing for the you know Siberian polar bears <laughs> women's professional team <laughs> for life. But oh uh, yeah, so I have friends who are in Finland a couple of weeks ago were saying that there were so many people trying to get out of Russia that. Like they escalated the train prices to ten to a hundred times what they normally oh. were, and because Russia doesn't want anyone to leave, and all the citizens were getting mad, so they're trying to get out to, you know, whatever the nearest countries they can get to, and obviously Finland's, you know, right there on the northern mm-hmm. side, and yeah, they said it was pretty, pretty freaky. I'm sure. I'm sure there's people just like literally walking across borders. Oh yeah, they said they were trying to get across like any way they yeah. possibly could. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like a big shit show. I mean, we're only lucky because it always ends up happening in Europe. <laughs> you know, we're over here by ourselves. We got the the quiet Canadians to the north. Hey, hey, hey. watch out for them. Hey, yeah. sorry, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to step on your toes. Uh, yeah, it's but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing we're feeling is gas prices. So, uh, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, we could have much, much more to to pitch about. Oh so, yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyway, she just seems to be caught up in this, and 
Uh, I don't know. Of course, the things that I hate is then it always ends up being, for some reason, it always boils back down to the, she'd be fine if she made as much money as NBA players. It's like, oh, my God, let's not get yeah, into this I, argument again. But, she'd be in a worse situation. Yeah. The higher profile exactly. she would be, she'd, yeah. It would yeah. It'd be far worse because, like, like I said, if they have, I mean, this is just kind of rushing the strategy, essentially, is like, they're going to keep as many bargaining chips as they can yes. because this is, it's not like, it's not directly against the USA with this whole Ukraine stuff, but it's, USA is kind of involved. Yeah. It's our involvement with Ukraine and NATO's involvement with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That's like a part of the reason, not, I mean, maybe not the whole reason, but at least a piece of it, right? So if you're an American there <laughs> of any kind, like you're, I mean, you probably want to get out, like unless you're, yeah. Even the reporters are at risk at this point. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you this. Here's my tip. Like, we don't know if this thing was planted or what. You know. Yeah, I don't know. If you're over in Russia and you have a vape pen, <clears throat> throw it away. <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> like literally, like when I was in Thailand, I was on my best fucking behavior for a year. Oh yeah, they don't mess around in Thailand. I knew either. I didn't want to get like put into a bamboo box. You know, it's like when you're when you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. Like I did everything I could to act like a uh, just follow every single little rule because you don't want to go to like prison here is bad. Prison somewhere like that is like really bad. So (laughs) just don't give yourself any excuse to go to jail. So that would be my note to everybody. That's that's my tip of the day. So, yeah. And like you said, even. Traveling to countries like Russia, it's like, I, I think everyone would probably agree that Russia, if they wanted to keep you, would have no problems yeah, planting they just anything do it. they wanted on yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that was like my big realization. To say. I got in trouble once in Thailand. You know, I got a parking ticket. Uh, I, of course, I couldn't read Thai very well, and apparently I parked in like a handicap spot or something. Um, and they came and like the police officer took everything. He took the keys to my motorcycle. He took my passport. He took my driver's license. Oh, and, he's like, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm fucked. You know? <laughs> he just took everything and I had to go like pay to get it back. And, you know, police over there, which I'm sure it's not too different in Russia. <clears throat> I'm sure it's some kind of weird system, but in Thailand, they're like, um, you pay to be a policeman. So oh, interesting. You're not like a civil servant, like anybody can be a police officer, but you you're charge. Like a, you're like a super asshole. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and you you like <laughs> let's say the standard parking ticket is ten dollars. That's what you have to get. That's what you give the government, but you can charge like twenty five dollars. Oh so yeah. So you keep the extra fifteen. You're mm-hmm. like a contract laborer, and uh, so it was like, yeah, I'm not screwing with this shit. I'm gonna pay this dude whatever the hell he wants because I need my passport back. You know? uh, and you just don't mess around in other countries and like entrapment over there is totally legal like a police officer could come up to you and be like hey you want to buy some weed and you say yeah and they throw handcuffs on you oh. uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah they they just don't have the rules we have here but um, yeah. I'll say this and this will I'm sure my black friends will have Plenty to say about it if they actually listen to this thing. 
But we think we have a bad with the police here, and there's bad stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it is far worse in many, many countries. Oh, with like just in general, like that, just very like kind of knock it, like very nonsensical stuff. Like oh, you were speeding or not speed, whatever it was, and they can you know trap you, do all this other stuff. Like it is. Way different. Although, look, there's there's tension here. I'll give. Yeah, I'm not denying that part, but there are some. We we have it somewhat decent with at least because even then, if you get to court and there's you know there's you have an opportunity to kind of overturn things here, even if it's the worst case scenario. Yeah, you know, for the not worst case, but like you know, pretty bad, like. You know, the worst interaction with the police where you end up in in jail or whatever. Yeah. So you you have some recourse to, like, defend yourself. There it's like – because then you'll be begging to, you know, the embassy. Like, you have to – Yeah. Like, hope the embassy is like, oh, we got to deal with this thing. Yeah, hopefully you're on the radar because, like like you're saying, here – you won't get pulled over for doing 10 miles an hour over the speed limit and end up in prison for life. You know, they can throw some kind of weird sentence at you like that. Ah, we're making a fucking, you know, turning you into a uh, whatever the hell they call it, you know, just using you as a showpiece. And be like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna lock you up forever. So that's an example. Speaking of Dubai with, you know, those guys fighting over there, it's like Dubai in, you know, on Instagram and all this stuff is kind of presented as like this, like almost like utopia. Uh-huh. But they have some weird rules too. And I've heard oh, some yeah. horror stories, like read some horror oh, stories about people. Yeah. Like you go over there to party and then there's like kind of goofy laws about some of that. And I then, heard their drug laws are insane. Like really shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which is why it's crazy that the juiced people like seem to <laughs> all, congregate yeah. there. I know. I don't know, but like even Matt Vincent was over there. He's like, it was neat. I'm never going back, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, buddy of mine was flying through Dubai years ago and he mysteriously got detained for an entire week. Oh, to this day, he's like, I still don't know why I was detained. (laughs) Yeah. See, and that's the kind of shit that's scary. Yeah. That foreign prisons don't excite me. Yeah, it's definitely on my bucket list of things never to go into because you just don't know if you're ever coming out. You know, I mean, luckily, I'm not any like the average person around the world has no like I am no bargaining chip like they, they're not going to hold me in any way. Like the embassy doesn't give a shit about me, guys. So just let me go. Uh, so, yeah, I got pulled over years ago in Mexico and <clears throat> I didn't have my license on me, which. I'm like, why am I going to take my Minnesota license? How, you know, it's not going to do me any good in Mexico, so I just didn't think about it. Unfortunately, <clears throat> I had my passport on it, and I got pulled over for speeding. And so the cop then had my passport, and there was two of them. And I I knew you could kind of pay on the spot, uh-huh. but I didn't know, like, what the going rate was. Yeah. So yeah. I'd offered him $20, and he got really mad. Oh, so no. then I'm like, do I offer him more money? And then what if that's an insult? And yeah. so I I told him I didn't have any more money, and I was kind of gambling that he would want $20 over the hassle of taking me to jail. So I 
told him that's all I have, and he has to take me to jail, and he let me out. <laughs> oh, that's good. You got lucky. I was so. sweating it, though. I was like, oh, what? Oh. I'm sure you were. <laughs> yeah, that shit's scary, man. Two guys with guns, and he's got my passport, so I'm like, hmm, yeah. yeah. Not no leverage here. <laughs> that's that. That's exactly that's the scariest part when you lose that passport because you know that's oh. like gee, you're not going anywhere without that shit. No, <laughs> oh, you're. you're <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was the weird thing about living in other countries. But yeah, I don't know. Anybody else got any news? We got the CrossFit going on. Jarrell said he's going to do twelve twenty two three and post his best time. He was excited about the muscle ups. I heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are my phase. <laughs> I don't even know. I would say that. I worked really this before even I had met you, Phil. Like I just had like basically like kinda a couple kettlebells and some rings. So that was like one of my probably best upper body was just strict. Not I didn't do any like kipping stuff, was working on strict muscle ups and stuff like that. This nice. is like that was a long time ago. But that's all I had, like, kind of right when my daughter was born for a certain period of time. So maybe, like, six months before I found a gym where I could, you know, actually lift stuff. And then that was that, that gym. Then I that's when I met you, Phil. It was, like, shortly yeah. after that. But I was doing, you know, you know, strict muscle-ups. There was, like, a little swing set out by our duplex. And I would just go out there and throw them over that and mess around for hour and a half a day or whatever but bar muscle ups i think are so sketchy like they're hard particularly the the tipping ones like if you kip and you're throwing yourself over I mean, we've yeah. had like i've had girls who've, you know not broken ribs but had rib issues because they slam into that thing really? and i mean if you, oh yeah if you see some of the like videos of people like missing or like they land on top of the bar, like you do everything in your power to get over the bar, and then you're just like, that's it's like a stopping point. You know what I mean? Like if you can't kind of smoothly do a rep where you go over and up at the same time, yeah, it's it's getting sketchy. And if you have yeah. to get down to singles and stuff, yeah, I mean those those I'd be terrified of. If it was ring muscle ups, I still wouldn't do it, but I'd be all. <laughs> 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 be more so, this is how out of touch I am. Like I had no clue Rich Phoning is competing as an individual. He's in thirteenth place right now. I thought he was long ago retired, but must have, he, he must obviously retired. He was doing team stuff, and then I yeah. think this is first year back as a solo competitor. He pulled the Tom Brady just a little longer. He waited longer than a month <laughs> to jump back in. <laughs> so, We'll see how he that made, goes. I guess he made it tell Fraser was done if he's back an individual. I didn't hear that he was one individual though. But. Yeah, he's got an individual score. So, hmm. but, but that's uh, how they score a team. Like you, so that's how they do teams. Is like you, your whole team does it. Oh, okay, you all do it as individuals. Yeah, you all do it as gotcha. individuals. In like your combined score is what determines your next whether you make it to the next phase or not. Gotcha. Well, as far right, as I remember, this whole. Usually what you see is a lot of times these, the open leaders aren't who does well. Like you have your people that want to win the open. And then you have the guys like Rich that are skating around here at like 13th, the 16th, the 20th. They're just doing what it takes to get in. 
you know, and saving yeah. the energy for the actual deal. Uh, well, Rich know, used to win the Open. Like, so when he was really killing it, he would win the Open, but he wouldn't win any individual workout. Yeah. They started yeah. giving, I don't know if they still do it, but it used to be like you would win, they'd give $5,000 to somebody, whoever won the Open workout, like first oh, place really? in the Open workout. Okay. So there's, if you have a, an event that's in your wheelhouse, you kind of, and you're like, I mean, those CrossFit games, tickets ain't cheap. Like I, I got, yeah. most of them got to fund their own stuff. If you're newer, you might as well sell your soul to win, you know, the deadlift burpee workouts. That's your deal. Yeah. So I don't know if they still do that, but that was like, that came up kind of, uh, maybe a year <coughs> or two after I had left the CrossFit stuff. And then I think there's some a little bit of money for winning the open. Okay. But now it's so there's only three open initial open workouts. There's only three. If you do pretty well at those, oh that's it. So three was it, huh? Yeah. Well, if you do pretty well at those, then you end up to the you get to do the next three online. So they removed that. They removed regionals or whatever, which I thought was probably their biggest mistake in this whole thing. It's so weird. Because everyone thought they were going to regionals. And, like, yeah. people would join the gym and think, all right, well, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll kind of train three days a week, and I'll probably go to regionals next year. It's like, <laughs> like I don't know if you know uh, how sports work. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, so Yeah, so they – and then they remove that. And so now it's – you have three initial workouts, and then you move to the next phase of gotcha. – and you get three more workouts scored again. Gotcha. So they're basically they're just not judging every all ten billion people on all the workouts. This twenty two two doesn't look too bad. That's the one you were talking about. I think I could have done this. Deadlifts yeah. and burpees. That's not too horrible. You know, basically it's a escalating and then de escalating ladder. So you go from one rep up to ten reps and then ten reps down to one rep again. Wouldn't be so bad if they didn't have the burpees in there. Well, yeah. Do it all day. It takes like seven minutes or five minutes, whatever. It wouldn't take long at all. I'd just do all the, just add all the reps up and just do them all with 225 in one shot. Basically a hundred, like yeah. pretty much. A hundred reps yeah. at 225. And you got a 10 minute. Maybe that, that, that could easily be the strength field event. It's just a hundred deadlifts at 225. Yeah. Max for uh, time. For time. Oh God. <laughs> <sighs> I think I could get Girl's close to that. Was 155, I think. Two sets of 50. Give me a minute break. I think I could do it. Oof. We'll see. I mean, I've done like 47 at 365, something stupid like that. Oh, wow. What, what do you think would be your 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 biggest gap on that one? Your lower back pump or your grip? Oh. Grip feeling. My lower back pump, I think, for sure. I think my grip would be okay. Because 225, I think I comfortably hook grip that and not worry about it. It's the, the hook grip only bothered me. Like I tried hook grip after my second bicep tear, and it did great till six fifty, and then yeah. it was I just couldn't do it. Uh, I got short, fat thumbs. I got big hands, but my thumbs, in relative terms, are I got huge palms, hmm. and my thumb barely grabs on my hook grip, so it would just tear that. It just pop out anything over six fifty. But anyway, they can hook grip like massive amounts of weight. You got mad respect for me. That shit hurts. So, uh, 
yeah. looks like it was a rumor that I saw that Fronin was competing as an individual. It looks like he's still doing team stuff, and okay. he stated this is his last year. But who knows? I, yeah, I'm not the one to ask about CrossFit rumors. So yeah. <laughs> there's there's a girl on that team who used to she used to come around when this is like early on CrossFit days for me when I first opened the gym. She's from I want to say she's from Leavenworth. Um, Taylor Williamson, who's done some like crazy stuff. Like, so all the, you ever see the rogue challenges? Yeah. Like rogue sandbag hold. I think she won last year, all that stuff. The rogue okay. sandbag hold at 150, like the max hold. She did like 20 minutes or something like Holy that. Holy shit. Oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah. Held, <laughs> held the rogue sand, like the 150 pound sandbag for, you know, this is like 20 minutes and they, you know, Show the five, but she's she's got some. I mean, her weightlifting stuff is, yeah, but she's good enough for CrossFit stuff. But her just general overall strength is crazy. She's got, she's and she's pretty muscular now. So, yeah, hmm. and there's other reasons for that. But what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, USA is leading. I, so Tia, uh, where's that leaderboard? Just trying to see who's leading this thing. That's all women. Somehow I ended up on the women's leaderboard, but Mallory, it's a bunch of names I don't know. Huh, there's Brooke Wells. I know that name. Yeah. Like, all the people I know are getting old and out of it, but yeah, Andy Thorstotter's in 18th. Oh, okay. Um, so she's probably the most impressive because she's been, like, literally, she was in the first games and she's yeah, still killing people. Yeah. Yeah, and her, the hell, she just had a kid. A year ago, whatever it was, not sure, long, yeah. they, not that long. Feedback, it still destroyed people in one of yeah, them. like so, exactly. And so she's still, and I think she's still. If they do the where, if you go and either win, I think you have to win some of those bigger competitions. I don't know if it's you got to win or podium, but if you win one, you get an automatic bid to the games. Oh, so. Uh. And she's like, she came back and was still killing it, still doing stuff. And then I know this year she's kind of been on a bit of a tear. I've seen her on the podium a few times. I was like, man, this girl's been doing it for, yeah, she's been on it for I a while. I mean, while. basically a, a decade. Her and yeah. Rich, and she was before Rich. Over a decade, I yeah. think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, that's impressive. Okay, so yeah, they have the open. This it breaks into four things. They have the open, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and then the games. So apparently there's three things you have to pass to get up. And it just gets smaller each time. So where's the games at this year? Is it up in Minnesota again? Uh Madison again. Madison, Wisconsin. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's we're gonna be gone. Is a struggle for them is I think they signed some huge contract to like have the CrossFit games there. Yeah, they I did. think it's pretty expensive for them to like, you know. And I think if they could have got out of it, they would have, because it's really like they don't have as big of a spread, they don't have as many people involved. Yeah. Anymore by the time we get to, you know, the games, but. Yeah, we've gone to it a few times there, and. I love the layout. I thought it was great. I never made it to when it was in California or other locations, so I can't compare. But yeah, it was it was nice. We could just drive there and you know the morning of or the day before, and went there, hung out with some friends, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. We enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I could see it being fun to watch as long as you're not yeah. watching like the the boring ass row, like marathon row. <laughs> no, we skipped that. We were there that yeah. one year, and I'm like, what are they doing? I think. That was inside in the Coliseum, and we didn't yeah. pay for the expensive, more expensive Coliseum tickets. We just yeah, did the no. general admission, and I'm like, yeah, I, I have no intention of watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone right. who paid for the expensive tickets, especially down lower, they were all bitching. They're like, we had to sit there forever. <laughs> yeah, and you can't tell who's winning. And right. They'd have to have big screens or something hook up to the they little. Did. Your, your, oh, they did? Yeah. On your yeah, own? They, I mean, they tried to make it interesting, but, I mean. Come on. You're going to yeah, sit there for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, man. Other than that, man, I got nothing. Got nothing for you. Not a lot of news going on. We got one other study here that uh, Lonnie sent from Lab Roots, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, talking about muscle strengthening exercise lowers the risk of death. So if you huh. lift, that's good. Your chance of death is less, which there's been other data that has reported this too, but New study published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine has linked muscle strengthening exercise to a lower risk of all-cause mortality. Previous research has focused on the well-established benefits of aerobic exercise, but relatively few studies have examined the link between muscular strengthening and mortality. A review and meta-analysis included 16 previous studies, right? So meta-analysis is a kind of a study of previous studies and examined how time spent Muscle strengthening activities was related to mortality and even non-communicable diseases such as diabetes, cardiovascular risk, and cancer. Researchers found that the relationship between the muscle strengthening activities and all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease, and cancer was a J-shaped curve with the maximum reduction at about 10 to 20 percent, which occurred with only 30 to 60 minutes of exercise per week. Relationship with diabetes, on the other hand, was an L-shaped curve with exercise up to 60 minutes per week, significantly reducing risk. We found a combination of strength training and aerobic activities lowered the risk of all-cause mortality, cardiovascular, and cancer mortality. So the good part is doing more exercise, beneficial for that. And I also find it interesting that if you're not training, even 30 to 60 minutes of exercise per week, you see a pretty, you know, 10 to 20% reduction in all-cause mortality, which is pretty darn large. Yeah. So, you know, just doing something is better than nothing. There was a, another study that came out, I think relatively recently, too. My buddy, Dr. Tommy Wood, told me about that showed that even just for step count, going from, you know, around couple thousand a day to five to seven thousand that was most of the benefit i think they still saw a benefit up to i think it was around 12 or fifteen thousand steps per day but it started to be more diminishing so if you have a really really low step count even just adding a few more thousand steps each day has a massive payout for your benefits and health i think the biggest takeaway from that is now all those people that have bought all those shirts that say Strong people are harder to kill are now verified. Yeah. <laughs> your your shirt is telling the truth. It's literally in the science. So, yep. Uh, yeah, and I'd be, I'd, it'd be interesting to, like, quality of life, too. Uh, it'd be neat oh, to sure. do, like, a quality of life study, like, people that are trained versus people that don't and just their what they're able to do older in life. Because I've talked to people numerous times, like, massive arthritis patients and things like that that have it really bad, but they still train and they're in a much better position. Like 
Like, you have one person with arthritis that doesn't train, and you have one person just as bad that goes ahead and does it, and they're both in pain all the time. But one is just more able. They're like, yeah, yeah. either way, I'm going to be in pain. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, type of thing. But Yeah, especially when you get at the point where there isn't really, you don't have a lot of leverage, right? There's yeah. not a lot of modifiable things you can do to make your pain better or worse. Yeah. You know, then it's definitely like, how functional can you be? Yeah. You know, because you're going to have, like you said, pain anyway. I'll take the person who has pain with more functional than someone who's not. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've seen it in like, well, like one of my clients just had a hip replacement and she's in her 60s and she has trained with me for the last 10 years and she's recovering drastically better than her counterparts of her age that don't train. You know, yeah. Just from... You know, she's up, and I think it's been two weeks now, and she's walking without a limp, and we're back to training. We're doing nothing lower body yet, but, uh, you know, just that recovery time is drastically better. So, yeah. Yeah, I talked to a buddy, Dr. Ryan Green and Dr. Andy Gelpin on my podcast. The episode will be out in a couple of weeks, but uh, he's looking at a program to give people more information and better nutrition, possible training, exercise, et cetera. Before they have procedures, okay, you know, and then looking at what are the outcomes with that, because um, I think we forget that any type of you know surgery, whatever your metabolic rate goes up to, you know, one and a half times what it mm-hmm. normally is or higher, just because of the healing, inflammation, and everything else. But yeah, at least in the U.S., we do a very poor job of preparing anyone for any procedures or giving them any recommendations, you know, post also. So yeah. I think that'll be interesting because it's, you know, starting to get to the point where if you're an orthopedic or whatever, like you're kind of graded on your results, which makes sense. And so now we're starting to look at not just everything you do after, but the things we can do even before the procedure to ensure better outcomes. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense. Uh, makes complete sense. Honestly, that would be like groundbreaking stuff compared like, and I would just say that in general with, physical therapy stuff because I mean pretty much everyone any injury is like you're treated like glass like you are yeah yeah you know don't do anything whatever like increasing your activity level rather than decreasing or any way you can get you moving quicker it seems like mm-hmm. it would be if you, if it was commonplace like I would just that would be so much better for most people because I, yeah. I my experience is that the, it's doing work and movement helps more so than not. You know, I, I've never had an experience where it was just rest and surfing the couch was what led to the best Full recovery. Yeah, yeah. Not one time. I haven't. I haven't no. had one experience where that was the case. Yeah. No, I agree, hundred percent. Did they drag you out of bed pretty fast after your hip replacement? Now, oh, that I think night, that's dude, very I was common. Awesome. Was still super high from, and they're like, "Okay, time to get up and walk." Yeah, <laughs> you know, we did your hip surgery two and a half hours ago. Yep, time to go for a stroll. I was like, "All right, let's do this." Yeah, it was fast. Um, and the, yeah, the, yeah. the turnovers now is, is super fast. And like, the only reason I stayed the night was because mine was later in the day. Yeah. So I stayed the night, and then I passed my little. You have a little PT test you go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to earn your gold star. And of course I got my gold star in like the first session. And, okay. <laughs> you go. Know, and basically just making sure your 
basically mobile is what they're looking for. And that, you know, that it took. It's not like, oh, yeah, we just did a replacement. It just fell out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah, and then it's just being, I mean, the, I like the, the PT stuff nowadays is starting to. Yeah, it's much better than it used to be. Much more aggressive than it used to be. Yes. So it used to be, like he said, like your glass. Now it's like, okay, it's time to move. And the people that are getting the best results are, like, look at Matt Vincent. He attacked his knee surgery and just. Number one is just get all the mobility back you can. And then number two, now start strengthening that joint. And it wasn't sitting on your ass and just hoping for the best and letting this thing take. It's like make it take, you know. It's it's, it's skating that line between too much yeah. and and not enough. But um, from what I've seen, the the people that err to the side of smartly aggressive are the ones that come out the best. You know, the ones that put in work, amazingly, come out with the best outcomes. So, uh, but yeah, you're seeing it in all sports. Look at the NFL. I mean, the the recovery time from some of these injuries that used to be like career ending. Now it's like six months later, dude's back on the field. And, uh, yeah. you know, part of that uh, makes especially their injuries and the returns. It's like, uh, what else are they doing? You know, that we don't know about. <laughs> But yeah. uh, I have a pretty good idea that, from some people. I, but I'm I have a pretty good idea too. But I'm not <laughs> and and uh, uh, but man, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh yeah, it's crazy. You know, people have complete detached Achilles tendons, and they're back in the same season. You know, going full so contact. Wild. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But yeah. yeah, and there's there's so much with that that we still don't know too, and I think it's gotten infinitely better at least in pro sports over the past few years because you used to see more a rash of he blew his left acl and then he came back so quick and now he blew his right acl right yeah you don't see that nearly as much as what you used to yeah um i mean i remember being down at the vikings facility a couple years ago and a good buddy of mine works down there and got to meet with all the pts and see their labs and all their new facilities and they were like super cool and i was asking them like so how do you know, like, when someone is ready to come back and play again? Because obviously the athlete wants to play. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably not going to be the best judge of their current ability. So from a liability standpoint, you have to have some sort of, you know, test to say, okay, you're good. Now you're good enough. And they're pretty honest. They're like, yeah, we've got some tests. We've got things we think that are definitely useful. But it's like we're always looking to improve it because there's so many unknowns and you're dealing with a sport where you could take contact, non-contact yeah. injuries and obviously liability and everything else. So it's, it's kind of a, always an ongoing problem to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So yeah. All right guys. Well, I'm taking Eddie Hall. If you got another choice, post it up. We'd love to hear about it. You guys can make fun of me next week if Eddie Hall gets knocked out, but in the grand scheme of things, I really don't care. Uh, and I, but, but I think, I just think that's where I'm leaning. Like Darrell said, I mean, for somebody who's boxed somewhat, uh, and is lanky and long, I can tell you when you've got a shorter person that gets inside on you, it's hard to defend that. Yeah. So, I mean, if, I think if Eddie gets inside, it could be all over pretty quickly because in boxing, it's illegal to punch somebody in the top of their head and, uh, that's about all I could hit when Dowell would come inside <laughs> on me. I was like, I got nothing to punch at. <laughs> I can't hit him in the back. And, 
Yeah, so yeah. I think that's five side, inches. He can say on the outside it's going to be hard to punch yes, exactly. that high to hit his face. So. That's exactly true. But, yeah. I mean, I'm betting on – and I don't know. I mean, part of me has to think the, the longer amount of training time in that sport and previous practice might pay off. Uh, yeah. It's like most other sports. I mean, it's a game that takes a long time to learn, and with Eddie having years of previous experience, you know, could help. So, yeah, and Eddie's crazy athletic. For just looking at him, you would not expect it. No, he, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, sometimes those big, long, super tall people just aren't that athletic. I mean, look at the, some of the seven footers in in basketball. Yeah. So, but all right, guys. Well, we'll catch next week, and uh, All right. we'll be able to report what happened. Yep. See ya. Uh, and...